Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm glad you guys are here. 11 o'clock, how are we feeling? Are we doing good today? Good, 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 good. It is good to see everybody. We are in part two of our series, Mindset Masterclass, part two of this series, uh, which, speaking of, last week, uh, raise your hand if you felt like you were better under pressure this last week. Where are my people who felt like you were better under pressure? Good, good. Uh, that's what we talked about this last week, right? We're, we're looking at things, and basically this series is all about having a paradigm shift, shifting the way that we think, changing the way that we think about things. Uh, and so we may come into situations like pressure, uh, thinking one thing, but we know from God's word that there is always more to the picture. And that's what we're learning about. We're learning how we can uh, better tune our automatic mindsets. We went over this last week that your brain, uh, you can read the, the scientific studies that show it's divided really into two halves, your, your active mind and your automatic mind. Your active mind is the things that you are actively working on. You're actively problem solving for right now. Your automatic mind, it handles everything else, all the subconscious things. Every time you have one of those moments where you're like, I don't remember doing that, but you did it, that's your automatic mind. <laughs> Whenever you arrive at work sometimes and you're like, man, I actually don't even remember the, like, certain parts of the drive here. It's because it's so automatic. It's so subconscious. And for a lot of us, our automatic, subconscious, knee-jerk mind, it needs some help, right? Like, we, we need a little bit of work in those areas. I know that I do, and so that's what we're looking to. We're, we're looking to God's Word to see how can we renew our mind? How can we transform the way we think? This is our uh, purpose verse for this series. Uh, from Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul writes this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Notice it didn't say changing the way that you act, the way that you talk. Everything starts with how we think. Let God transform you by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and is pleasing and is perfect. We need to have our mindsets transformed by God. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit to work in our minds to change the way that we think about things. And what I want us to focus on today as we begin part two, I want us to read from the book of Colossians real quick. And actually, if you would, if you're on site and you're physically able, could we just stand to our feet uh, in the honor of the reading of God's word real quick. This is Colossians chapter one. Uh, I'm just gonna say, it. this is one of my favorite pieces in all of scripture. This, I love this. What we know about this piece of scripture we're about to read is that it most likely was a very early Christian creed. It may have even been a hymn that was sung, uh, but this is the apostle Paul writing, and this is so, so good. This is what it says starting in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. 
For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He holds all of it together. What I want us to talk about today as we hop into the sermon, I wanna give you my sermon title, and I just wanna say if you've brought stones with you, pitchforks or torches, keep those holstered for the moment and allow me to explain as we dive into today's sermon. But my sermon title for today is Jesus Isn't First. Jesus Isn't First. For a lot of us, and we'll we'll grab a seat in a moment, uh, uh, but for a lot of us, I think our New Year's resolutions for if you're someone who aspires to follow Jesus, chances are putting Jesus first was top of your list, right? For a lot of us, that was the case. I wanna prioritize Jesus. I want Jesus to be first this year. I want 2023 to be the year that I truly put Jesus where he belongs first in my life. What I would uh, be willing to bet and what I think scripture is gonna show us today as we study it is that scripture show us a better way a better way than Jesus first. So you ready to hear from God today? Ready to hear from his word? Guys, my sermons, I've said it before, I'll say it again, my sermons are a lot like a middle school dance. They go a lot better if you just participate, all right? So I'm gonna say one more time. Are we ready to learn from God's word today? Awesome, there we go. Let's pray real quick. Father God, we ask that you would speak to us in these next moments, illuminate your word, show it to us in a fresh and a new way because God, we wanna be changed people when we walk out of here today. We don't wanna come in the same way that, or we don't wanna leave the same way that we came in today. We, we want to encounter you in such a real and tangible way that it changes us and it changes the way that we think. God, alter our mindsets today, conform it more and more into the image of Jesus and we'll be sure that you get all the praise because you're the only one who deserves it. We love you, Father, and we pray all of this in your name. And everybody said together, Amen, amen. Well, you can grab a seat and high five somebody next to you and tell them, I'm getting my priorities straight. I'm getting my priorities straight. <laughs> so that, that sermon title, kind of ouchy, right? Kind of like, really? Jesus isn't first? It kind of sounds like clickbait, right? Like it sounds like a clickbait title for a sermon that Jesus isn't first. Um, especially whenever you read just one verse later into Colossians. I don't know how many people have a physical Bible or how many people have a Bible app that you were reading along with, but if you're reading on the screen, I was able to just cut it off after verse 17, right? Like we read verse, we read 15, 16, 17, and then that's it. But if you read one more verse, you're going, Pastor Jacob, really, Jesus isn't first? Because this is what Colossians 1:18 says. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is, say it with me, first in everything. My apologies, the sermon's over. Let's just let's all go home because the whole premise is shot, right? Because he is first. I mean, I mean, Scripture says it. It says right there, Jesus is first in everything. And that, that's true. I won't argue with that. I agree it. I give a hearty amen uh, to, to Colossians 1, 18. My problem isn't with what Scripture says. It's with how we typically tend to interpret and institute it in our life. That's where the problem comes in. Because for a lot of us, and just like last week, I can only speak for myself 
But if you are anything like me, I think today we'll, we'll connect with you because for me, when I hear first, I, I think of, you know, like priority. That's, that's what it means. Jesus is first in everything. He is the priority. He's, he's the priority at the top of the list. Um, that's what we think of typically when we hear the word first, right? First class. You, you think of, uh, uh, you know, sitting in first class on an airplane, like you're flying first class. You have priority. You get to board first. Um, we think of uh, a priority for the first pick in the draft, right? As Cleveland Brown uh, territory, we're, we're familiar with that, with getting the number one pick in the draft because our team is usually terrible. And so what that means is you get priority. You get to go first. You're first out of many. You're first on the list. You're first in priority. And so I look at that and I think, you know what? Yeah, I think that is how we kind of think of things. When we see the word first, we start to think of a priority and a list of first, second, third, fourth. And I have a problem with that. Because if you think like me, this is typically what happens. I want to outline real quick just three different problems with priority. Three different problems that happen whenever we prioritize Jesus. This is the first one that I want to give you. Uh, the, the problem with priority, when we prioritize Jesus, when we make him first on our list, the problem with priority is that it ranks creator alongside creation. Like, think, think about your list at the beginning of the year. Think about the stuff that you resolve to do, your resolutions. Think about uh, your, your priorities, right? God, family, and you start going down the list. Those are great, and I've made those lists. I, I make those lists all the time. But it is kind of funny because it puts creator, God, the guy who kicked all this stuff off, it puts him on the same list as, like, weight loss. Feels kind of weird, doesn't it? <laughs> Like, but, well, he's first, but he's first on there. Yeah, but still, creator is ranked right alongside on the same list as creation. Listen again to Colossians 1.15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. He's supreme. He stands alone. And yet subconsciously, unintentionally, when we make a list, when we put Jesus at the top of it, we rank the creator right alongside creation. Let me ask you a question. I want to see a show of hands. How many people made a resolution uh, 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 to drink water this year? Not to drink more water, just to drink any water ever this year. Anybody? Anybody be like you? Because, okay, so we have some people in the room who are like, I literally do not drink water ever, right? Like, I just don't do it. Um, for the majority of us, it literally comes natural. You can't help but drink. <laughs> How many people made a resolution to breathe more this year? My, my breathing numbers were really bad last year. I got to pump those numbers up. They were pedestrian numbers. I got to breathe a lot more. Of course, no, you, no. No one made that, that resolution. No, no one's making a resolution that they need to eat food. In fact, if anything, it's the opposite way. Like, please, Lord, let me curb the food, right? Like, we're not needing to make resolutions for any of these things, for, for drinking water, for breathing air, for eating food. We don't need to resolve to do these things. Why? Because they're automatic. We have to. They are such a necessity to our survival that we just, we have to. We don't even really have a choice in the matter. You can't help but take your next breath. These are things that we need to survive. And what scripture tells us over and over again whenever we read it, especially in the Psalms, is we see our need for God is supposed to be on par with all of those things. 
all those necessities for survival. I mean, think about what Psalm 42 says. As the deer pants for water, Lord, so my soul longs for you. That's how badly I need you. In the same way that these animals and that us as humans need these basic building blocks of life, like food and water and air, God, that is how badly I need you. I need you so badly in my life. It is right on the same level as all of those things. And honestly, that should be the goal of our faith, that our faith becomes automatic, that our faith becomes subconscious, that our faith becomes knee-jerk. So whenever things happen, what just pours out of us instinctively is Jesus, What we can't even help but do is act like him and sound like him and think like him and be like him in situations. That's what we need is an automatic mindset of faith. But I promise you, if you put Jesus first in the way that we're talking about today, if you put Jesus first on just a list of priorities in your life, that kind of faith, an automatic faith, it's never gonna happen for you. It just won't. It just won't. If you put Jesus first at the top of a list, it won't happen because I think what will happen is exactly what we see happening uh, in Jesus's time. And, and this time that he lived in, the time that the apostle Paul lived, whenever this letter that we're reading from today, the book of Colossians, it's actually a letter written to a church in a city called Colossae. And this city was part of the Roman empire. And one thing that we know about it is the same thing we know about the Roman empire. This was a time of religious pluralism not too different from our own day and age. What religious pluralism is, is basically, hey, it's a buffet, baby. You grab and take what you want. You want a little bit of this, you want a little bit of that. It's fine, just just whatever, you do you. That's how it was during the Roman Empire. Basically, the, the Romans, it's why they were able to stay in power for so long. It's why the empire spread so far because they would come in, conquer an area, and rather than telling them, you can't believe what you used to believe anymore, you have to start falling in line with us, they would say, hey, You believe in so-and-so? Awesome, keep doing it. Just add the Roman gods onto your plate. (laughs) Just give a little sprinkling of the Greek gods and the Roman gods, just put them on there too, and we're good to go. That's religious pluralism. And so the church in Colossae, whenever Paul is writing them and he's talking about the supremacy of Jesus, he's trying to remind them, look, I know what you're living in. You're living in a day and age where it's like, hey, yeah, Jesus is great, but let's just add him into our pantheon of other gods. And Paul's saying, it doesn't work like that. I don't care, even if you're telling me, but Paul, but we're prioritizing Jesus. I mean, he is first on our list of gods, like we, we are giving him a special honor. Paul's saying, no, he, he's not first, Jesus isn't supposed to be first. He's not first on your list. And I think about that and I read about Colossians and the church in Colossae and I'm like, man, have we, have we changed much? <laughs> have we changed much? I mean, we, we've pretty much just exchanged one God for another, right? We've changed out Zeus for our work. We've changed out Artemis for our finances. We've changed out uh, 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 even something great like our kids or our marriage. We've made these things Idols in our life, things that we put in the place of God when they should have never been there. We have this big list, but we say, hey, but you know what? Jesus is at the top of it. He is first. I prioritize him, but he's just first of many. He's just one of many. He's just one of the many gods that we serve, one of the many gods that we run after. He's just one. It's a problem with priority. Another problem that we have with prioritizing Jesus on a list, and this is, such a, this is such a huge one. This was a foundational thought behind the entire sermon today. The problem with priority is whenever we prioritize Jesus on a list, effectively <clears throat> what we're doing, we're giving Jesus a vote, but not a veto, 
right? Like in our life, in the way that we live, in the way that we do things, if Jesus is just first, he gets a vote. It might even be a big vote. It might even be a lot of influence, but it's still a vote because we hold on to the veto power in life. Think about it this way, um, uh, you know, like our, our political system, um, the way things are supposed to work. Supposed to work, I'll preface it that way. Um, how it's supposed to work is you have the House of Congress, right, the Senate and the House of Representatives, and their constituency, the, the people that they serve, no, it's not supposed to be large, anonymous donors. <laughs> That's not who it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be you, and you, and you. Like, like, we have a senator. We have two senators for the state of Ohio. Guess what they're supposed to care about when they go to Washington, D.C.? Us. Nobody else. We don't care what they think about Pennsylvania. We certainly don't care what they think about Michigan, right? We don't care. We don't care. We don't care what they think about any of our neighboring states because they are ours. They're, they're ours. They are our senator. They're, we are their constituency. House uh, of Representatives members are our representative who uh, serves our district, they need to care about us, not any other districts in Ohio, but us and our well-being and what we care about. And so they get a vote. They get to vote on our behalf for this. They get to go to Washington and have a specialized, siloed-off vote to say, hey, this is, these are what my constituents want. On the flip side, the president of the United States, we're all supposed to be their constituency, right? Every American, like everybody, the president, his job is not to care uh, about just one constituency or one state or anything like that. It's just, it's supposed to be everybody. Like I've, I've got to look out for everybody. That's why presidents have veto power. It's different. It's just this check and balance. It's this different thing. And what I worry happens, and I worry this happens because I know it happens in my life, is that we see ourselves as the president and Jesus is just like a congressman, right? Like we're, we're the president, we get the final say, we're making the list, it's our list, and Jesus will be first on that list. Like make no mistake, we'll put him first because we love him and he's our favorite congressman. And you know, we, we knew each other back in school and we went to the same, we're from the same area in town. So we, we love him and we, we, you know, we, we listen to him, we listen to his influence, we listen to his advice and stuff like that and we appreciate it but it's just a vote because we hold the veto power. We make the list. We, we, we control things. That's what happens when we prioritize Jesus as first. He gets a vote. He gets influence, but he does not have final veto power in our life. And that's a problem. That's a problem. That's an issue Last, last problem with priority that I want us to hit before we move on, the last problem that I see whenever we prioritize uh, Jesus as first is this, and this is, this is a huge one. Priority always gives preference to pressure. Ties into what we talked about last week. Priority, the things that we prioritize. Think about this. You know this is true in your own life. Priority always gives pres preference to where there's pressure in your life. Let me put it another way. Wherever your life is on fire right now, that's what's getting your priority, right? Been there. <laughs> Things going on with your kids, you can't stop thinking about it. That's what gets your priority, nothing else. Don't, it don't matter if you had a devotion plan that morning or a Bible study that night, something's going on with your kids, you're like, cancel those things. Like, I gotta, I gotta invest my time here. The, the pressure of this moment has changed and shifted my priorities, 
I, I think a lot of us, we had really good intentions at the start of 2023. Like, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year everything changes. This is going to be the year that, like, I, you know, everything is, is different, and I do what I want to do, and I, I, I start following Jesus in the way that I want to, and then the year starts. <laughs> and January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd are so good, aren't they? Like, is there anything, does anyone journal? Anyone journal, record a diary, anything like that? Okay, um, if you don't do that, but you post on Facebook, it's basically the same thing, right? You, you, you look back at your old posts. Is there anything more cringy than the first couple posts or records of the year in a journal or on Facebook? Like, I look back and read who I thought I was gonna be in 2019 or 2020, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, geez, where did that year go, right? Like, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna read through the whole Bible in one year, and I'm not gonna miss a single day on my reading plan, and I'm gonna pray in a deep, I'm gonna pray for one hour every day, like just one hour straight, like making all these kind of things, and then by January 4th, it all falls apart. <laughs> because pressure enters the picture, and suddenly my priorities start to shift, and the thing that I was like, nope, I'm making sure I've got time for this every single day, because Jesus is first, after all, he's first on my list, so first thing in the morning, I'm gonna do this and this and this, and then on January 4th, kids' first day back at school, we sleep in. Well, there goes the morning devotion. <laughs> there, there goes the morning of spending time in prayer. There goes all that because now pressure's on and priorities have shifted. That's what happens when pressure enters the picture. It shifts our priorities. Just the other day, uh, uh, my wife, Jessica, she was getting ready to head out. I was on a work call at home and the kids are all home. So the two girls and Griffin uh, are running around and Jessica's like, hey, you're, you're fine. Go ahead and stay on your call. I'll be gone for just a little bit. Um, whenever I come back, I've got some stuff to do, but they, they should be fine. I'm like, good, good. So I go in the other room and I'm on my call. Jessica's gone. She comes back home. Her errand, like she wasn't even really able to finish it. Like, so like that didn't even get checked off of her list and she's walking back in and she's got more things on her list. Uh, and so she walks into the house. I'm off, still on the phone. And as she walks in, Griffin like rounds the corner. He's like, hi, mommy. Like all excited. She's like, hi, buddy on your hand looks brown <laughs> there's only there's only a few options it's, there's only a few options that that can be at that point and none of them are really good but one of them's really not good and that's what it was <laughs> right he had shoved his hands down his diaper and was having a ball just having a having a great time and the <laughs> jessica's like trying to go negotiate with him like a terrorist. Like, look, don't touch anything. Just, just come here. No, 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 just, just come here, right? Like try, trying to get him. Um, and so in that moment, it doesn't, it doesn't matter all the stuff she had on her plate, right? And she had some important things that she was doing. Like what she had left to go do in that errand she didn't get done was like actually a pretty darn important thing. And she had other important things. Was she thinking about any of those in that moment? No. <laughs> She was trying to talk Griffin off the ledge. She's like, Griffin, touch nothing. Like, get over. She's, she's trying to disarm a bomb in that moment. Like, because in that moment, pressure entered the picture and suddenly the priorities shift. And come on, guys, you know the same thing happens with your faith. Don't act like it doesn't. We all have the best intentions and then as soon as pressure enters the picture, our list that was made with such optimism and such hope and this is what we're gonna do and this is how I'm gonna prioritize Jesus and the first of every day and in the morning, it falls apart. It just falls apart when the pressure enters the picture. Uh, we can think that we're gonna do things a certain way but then man, our faith fails. 
Our faith fails. And so what we see happen, we, we, we see uh, our, our faith kind of rocked, right? That's the problem with priority. Can, let, me, let me put it this way to kind of sum uh, all of this up. The problem with priority, it ranks creator alongside creation. It gives Jesus a vote, but not a veto. And it always gives preference to pressure. Whenever we see those things play out in our life, whenever we try to prioritize Jesus, but we see all of these issues come into play, what ends up happening is we settle for the veneer of Jesus first in our life, right? Just the veneer of Jesus first, without the values of Jesus actually forming us. I'm gonna say it one more time. We settle for the veneer of Jesus first in our life without the values of Jesus forming our life. He doesn't actually work in us in the way that he could if we weren't putting him first. Sounds counterintuitive, sounds crazy, but it's true. It's true. If Jesus is first on our list, just our list of things that we need to prioritize, just our list of things that should be important in our life, I'm telling you, if Jesus is first on our list, we will quench, or we will, we will put out the, 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 uh, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It, it will be nullified. The Holy Spirit will not be able to nearly do in our life what he wants to do if Jesus is simply first in our life. It has got to be so much better than that. We will settle for a lesser faith, a faith that will fail as soon as pressure hits, and you know what I'm talking about. It's the kind of thing where pressure hits your marriage or you start having anxiety, you start worrying over things, you're having financial trouble, pressure hits, and you are confused because you're like, what in the world? I put you first. Remember that devotional I did yesterday morning? Remember that? Before I did anything else? Remember how I prayed before I even got out of bed? Remember how I did all these things? I'm putting you first. Like, why am I still dealing with this? Why do I not handle pressure better? Why do I not handle the anxiety and the stress better if I am putting you first? I know you're having those conversations with God because I've had those too. I have those too. Right, it's like the, uh, uh, the old hair club for men ads. Not only am I the president, I'm a client too, right? Like, not only am I a preacher, I have this problem too where I, I prioritize Jesus in my life and I settle for a veneer of Jesus. I, I settle for a, a cheap knockoff rather than Jesus truly forming my life, truly shaping every single aspect of it to the point that my knee-jerk reactions and my automatic mindsets are different. That's what it means for our mind to truly be transformed and renewed. We can put Jesus first, but not let Jesus form, and it hurts our life. It hurts our life. When Jesus is just first on a list, man, we, we, we live out life the way it was not intended to be. We start carrying things we weren't intended to carry. Can, let, me, let me illustrate it real quick. Brought my suitcase, because sometimes some of this stuff, it just works better whenever you have a you know, visual aid to go with, and I feel like today's sermon is one of those. So um, let me show you some of the stuff that I brought today. These are, this, is my, this is my bag of priorities, okay? <laughs> these, are, these are my priorities for the year, things that I'm wanting to uh, really prioritize this year. So first off, of course, Who's first on our list? Basketball. Ba basketball. Where's my man? There we go. Absolutely. No. Jesus. Jesus is first on our list. Um, isn't he cute? <laughs> 
There was, I could either get the single or you could get the two-pack, which was him and Mary with baby Jesus. That, that was tempted. I was tempted to buy it. Let me tell you, one thing that was really funny was watching the Amazon updates of this thing coming. Like, Jesus has left the facility. <laughs> Jesus is in transit. I about broke out in revival whenever I got the update. Jesus has arrived. I'm like, glory, hallelujah. He's here. He's at our house. Um, just see this little guy moving across the country, right? So Jesus, Jesus is first. He's first on my list. He, he's, so here he goes. He's, he's first. So I'm going to hold him first. This is, this, is, this is my morning devotion, and I get to just check it off a list. This is my morning prayer. Check it off a list. Then I'm done, right? Because I put Jesus first. I prioritized him first. I went to church on Sunday, and I got that stuff out of the way. That, that was first. Now I'm, now I'm done. Now the rest of my priorities. Um, basketball. Yes, absolutely. I love basketball. Haven't been able to play it as much as I wish that I could have these last couple of years, so this is a priority for me. This is something on my list. I want to, you know, I know it's a piece of creation, and I know it's going right alongside creator, but hey, Jesus is still first, right? Doesn't that matter? So uh, basketball, that's something I want to do more this year. Um, okay. Uh, this this is not our actual dog. We're not crazy people and think that this is like really, no, this is, really is our pet. No, this is a stand-in. <laughs> this is a stand-in for our pet. We have a little dog, Teddy. Um, one thing I think would be fun this year, a priority is to kind of like train him a little bit more, try to see if we can get him to do uh, a little bit like just, you know, just more train, maybe some tricks, stuff like that. That's, that's something I want to do this year. So we'll see if he can just hop up here by Jesus in the basketball and just stay there. Um, Another thing I want to, I mean, isn't this all of us? Uh, I know, I heard the, oh, yeah, people are like, why would you bring that thing in here? Like, get it, get it out of here. This is a holy place. Uh, like, I, I want to get my, want to get just in good shape, want to make sure I'm taking care of myself. So this is a priority for the year two. Things are starting to get difficult. <laughs> of course, I'm married and I've got three wonderful kids. There's Jessica and Eden and Evelyn and Griffin. And I love my family and I wanna prioritize them too. But again, Jesus first. Jesus first, right? So Jesus is, he's still here. Don't, don't worry about him. I'm just adding all these other things that are going on my list. And then there's also, oh, let's see if we can do this. Yeah, uh, my laptop, you know, just work. I, I wanna be a better uh, boss, a better pastor, better just, I just want to be better this year when it comes to my work life. Um, and then also, you know, outside of just like family, uh, as a dad, I want to be a, a good, good dad. I want to play with my kids more. If you saw my stories last night, you saw me chasing my children around the house with this very bat. <laughs> so I want to, I want to do that too. And yeah, this is, this is me. Looks like I've got it all together, don't I? <laughs> I'm holding everything together. Um, but again, again, don't forget, who's first on my list? Jesus is first on my list. Let me ask you real quick. How much does it help that I put Jesus first? Is it really helping that much? <laughs> Do I, does it look like I'm like handling things pretty well right now? Does it look like I could help anybody out? <laughs> Does it look like I could navigate even a doorway that well right now? Like this, this is awkward, this is uncomfortable. And honestly, picking up Jesus first and him being there, yeah, it was nice. It maybe made for like a good picture or something. Like, oh, look at that, our pastor. He puts Jesus first. Um, but it's not actually making a difference. 
It's not actually making a difference. This is still too much stuff for me to carry. This is still a, a hard load. And Jesus being first as my priority hasn't really changed anything for me. Hasn't really changed anything. Um, it's still uncomfortable. It's still hard. It's still difficult. Um, and see, I think scripture actually points to a much better way than this, a much better way than, you know, Jesus first, and then we still add in all these other things that we're trying to navigate and we're trying to figure out. I wanna read to you just one more time what we've been looking at today, Colossians 1, 15 through 17, and then kind of get to our big paradigm shift that I think we need to have today. It says this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all Creation Through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He holds all creation together. You know what would have been really convenient just then as I was holding all those things? If I wasn't the one trying to hold all those things. What would have been super helpful is if I had something to help me. If I had something to unload all of those things onto that I wasn't carrying something completely other, something that could take the load, that could take all of the weight of the things that I'm carrying. Wouldn't that have been helpful? Wouldn't that have been convenient? Wouldn't that have been a better way to try to make it through? You see, I think that's the most of us, that, that's the picture of our faith. Jesus is just an add-on. Sure, he may be the first add-on. We may put him first. We may prioritize him first. But then we move on the rest of our day and he stays up there at the top of the list as we go on and start doing all of our other things with him staying in place. And things fall apart and things get stressful, and things get anxious, and we start to worry, and we start to fear, and we wonder, what in the world? You were first. I put you first. Why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you, why aren't you making things easier for me? And Jesus is saying, I'm, I wasn't supposed to be first. Jesus is not first on our list. Jesus is the list. He, he's not the thing that we prioritize at the, uh, prioritize at the beginning. He exists outside of it. We don't prioritize Jesus, we promote Jesus. We, we get him on his own stratosphere where he belongs. He belongs completely outside of this because as Colossians 1.17 says, he holds all creation together. This super cute, <laughs> this ain't Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus holds all of it. He holds down everything that I hope for, everything that I'm trying to see happen, all of my wishes, all of my dreams, all of these things belong and work best, not when I'm holding them, not whenever I'm the one trying to figure it all out, but whenever I put all of them, all of the things, all of my hopes, all my dreams, all my cares in the hands of the person who's actually supposed to hold it, who's actually supposed to carry it, who's actually supposed to be able to bear the weight. And suddenly when I do that, wow, this is a lot easier. <laughs> This is a lot easier. This is way better than me trying to carry everything. This is way better, Jesus holding it all together, being completely apart from my list rather than just being a part of my list. Jesus isn't first on our list. He is 
the list. And when we promote Jesus to his proper place, everything else falls into its proper place. When we start to see Jesus for what he actually is, <laughs> all this stuff we've been trying to carry, all these things on our list underneath him, suddenly we go, oh, <laughs> that's better. That's better. It wasn't Jesus, then my marriage. It's my marriage in Jesus. It's not Jesus, then my finances. It's my finances in Jesus, letting the values of Jesus and the way of Jesus transform everything about the way I see life. And when we do that, when we put Jesus in his proper place, everything else falls into place. I love how the apostle Paul words this. Um, he kind of like works in reverse. So we've read uh, Colossians 1, 15 through 17, which is him saying, this is who Jesus is. Do not be misunderstood about who he is. He is supreme. He doesn't belong on your list. He is the list. He's above all of this. Paul lays all this out. But if we jump earlier in the set of verses, we see the promise of what happens when we see Jesus correctly. Whenever we see Jesus for who he is in verses 15 through 17, we start to live out the promise in verses nine and 10. Listen to what it says. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. That's, who, who doesn't want that for their life? Who, who doesn't want a life that is producing fruit, a life that's saying, man, I'm getting to know God better and better and I'm seeing how, how I can handle things better and better because I'm finally putting God where he belongs, not first on my list, but in everything on my list. He's a part of everything that I do. He holds everything Together, when we stop seeing Jesus as first, we'll start to see Jesus in full. It's one of the things I love that Paul outlines as he walks through this is, is we start to see even how the things that aren't on our list, how Jesus is even present in those, how even the things that like we would say, oh, I don't wanna carry that, like get that off my list, like don't even bring that near me, get it away from here, how even in those things and the hardships and the persecutions, the difficulties, even in those things, we start to see Jesus and realize he holds even those things. Listen to this, this is Colossians 1, It's the same chapter. Paul says, I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. Paul's saying, even in sufferings and hardship, and like we talked about last week, pressure, even in these things, I see Jesus. Because suffering isn't on my list, but I don't have a list. Jesus is my list. And I realize he holds all creation together, including my sufferings and my hardships and my obstacles. So even in those moments, I'm seeing him and I'm seeing how I can carry even those hard things better and I can come out of them better, and I can know God better even in the midst of it because Jesus is everywhere. And when we stop seeing him as first, we'll start seeing him in full. We'll see him all over the place. This is my final thought that I wanna uh, leave us on today. I added this in last minute uh, because I, I feel like this is gonna be true for a lot of people in the room, maybe for people watching online too. Uh, I feel like there is a lot of people in our church who, man, you're just trying to hold it together. Like you may come to church and you put on a brave face. You may even put on a brave face with your family, but man, you are struggling. You're tr you, <laughs> me earlier, that was a picture of you. 
<laughs> You're trying to hold it all together, being a mom and trying to go to school and trying to do this and trying to do that and trying to get this started and trying to take care of your kids and trying to you know, love your husband. You're doing all these different things. and It's crazy. We have a lot of people who are struggling trying to hold it all together. And this is what I want to tell you. If you have been trying to hold it together, Jesus wants you to give him his job back. It's not your job. You trying to hold it all together, you look like me up here, bumbling and stumbling. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. Even with Jesus first on your list, that does not work. If you've been trying to hold it together, if you have been the one feeling like, I've got to keep this together, I've got to keep this together, I've got to do this. I've, if I don't, no one else will. If I don't figure this out, no one else will. If, I don't, if you feel like you have been having to hold it together, man, give Jesus his job back. He is the one who holds all creation together. He is the one who can carry it. He's the one who can stand the weight. And as you unload that yoke off your shoulders and give it back to who it truly belongs to, you will actually start making the biggest impact you can. You'll you'll actually start living out your purpose. You'll start living out God's will for your life in ways that you never have before because, man, it wasn't intended for you. That wasn't your weight to bear. It never was. It was always Jesus's. Give it back to him. I want us to just say this together. Repeat after me. I don't need to hold it together. I just need to give it back. That's a declaration that a lot of us need to be praying over our entire day, week, month. That may be your declaration for the year. I don't need to hold it together. I just need to give it back. I don't need to hold it together clinging to Jesus first. No, I just need to give it back to him and make sure he is central in everything I do. Because when Jesus is in his proper place, everything, even the hardships that I'm trying to hold it together on, even those fall in to their proper place. Let's bow our heads and let's pray together, all right? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we have something better than you being first in our life. We have you being supreme over all, central in everything we do. God, that's, that's what we can do. By the power of your Holy Spirit, as we put our faith and our trust and our hope and our confidence in you, we can know that we are making the best investment we'll ever make because we will be able to offload the pressures and the anxiety and the stress and the fear that life throws our way to the only person who is actually capable of handling it well, and that's you. God, this isn't, this isn't us. <laughs> we, we can't do it. We can make our lists and we can put you at the top of our list, but if that's where you're really only residing is at the top and we can check you off and we can cross off our devotional time and our prayer time and then move on with the rest of our day and you not really affecting any of it, God, we're gonna have a faith that fails. So Jesus, we don't wanna put you first anymore. We wanna put you central. We don't wanna put you on our list. We wanna recognize that you are the list. We don't want your, your help as we try to hold it together. We want you to hold it for us. We're, we're relinquishing our life back to you. We're putting our faith and our trust, all of it back in your capable hands. Help us today and every day forward, God, to remember that, to put you at the center of it all because when you are in your proper place, God, we know that everything in our life will start to fall into its proper place. We love you, Father, and we lift all this up in your name. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. 
Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.